The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. Welcome to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. Our goal here at Healthy Lifestyle is to inspire, educate, empower, and ignite you to fulfill a healthy, emotional, spiritual, and physical life so you too can feel empowered to live the life you have always wanted and dreamed. Welcome to the show. I hope you're having a beautiful day. I know I am, but I usually do. On Healthy Lifestyle, we're going to give you some verbal caffeine to light you up today with possibilities. And today on our show, we have the beautiful Allison Smith. She's described as unconventionable, unconventionable. Um, thought-provoking, and inspirational. Allison's just uh, first started using metaphor as a means of solving problems in the mid-90s. As a result of the success metaphor provides her clients, Allison developed what she calls the Landscaping Your Life Toolkit and has been using nature's landscapes as metaphors for our lives to help us get back on track when we're stuck and don't know what to do for the last 23 years. Allison is an author of Can't See the Wood for the Trees and has a podcast called Landscaping Your Life with Allison Smith. Great name. Allison lives in Scotland. How exciting is that? And so long as there's sparkle on the sea can often be found swimming throughout the year at the local beach. You won't find me there, Allison. I'll watch you <laughs> sideline. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm good, thank you. Yes, thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, so happy to have you on. Um, so so we don't know a lot about you, Allison Smith. So tell us about you and what your work life looks like. Uh work life is a mix of coaching, workshops, writing, podcasting, um, and then a little bit of consultancy thrown in now and again. Loving it, loving it. And tell us more about you. Where do you come from? How did you get into coaching and doing what you do? Yeah, I was really lucky in the um, sort of late 90s. This is when I start to show my age. <laughs> don't do I, math. Um, People don't do math. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I was went on a neuro-linguistic programming workshop and um, practitioner, master practitioner, trainer training. And I came back and our organization at the time was merging with another bank. And so my um, manager said oh, well, you can use all your coaching stuff. So I sort of became the team coach, really. And so it was brilliant because I didn't have to try and sell what I did. I could just use it. And people then got into the, oh, if you've got a problem, go and speak to Alison. She'll sort you out. Um, I was able to use a lot of the tools and techniques um, in training that we did, um, in team building, in looking at how we brought the team together. And that's when I first used um, gardening as a metaphor for supplier management, actually, and found out how brilliant uh, metaphor is because, you know, I don't know how many of your listeners really get excited about supplier management, but... Um, oh, that's hot. That's really Yeah, hard. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is we were wanting to get the managers we were talking to to listen to us on that subject. And it's not unsurprisingly, they weren't listening. But we did have problems with suppliers. And suddenly we started doing workshops where we're going, look, you know, let's imagine what we'd do in a garden. 
you know, we've got to mow the garden, we've got to weed the garden, we've got to water, we've got to do all these things with the plants. Think about where we put the plants. And suddenly the light bulbs went on with all these managers going, uh-uh, yeah, we've gone and put that plant, you know, that supplier in the wrong place. It's no wonder they're letting us down. It's nothing about them. We've just put them in the wrong conditions. We're not giving them what they need. And so it just enabled us really quickly to get those managers that were bored and not at all interested in what we're talking about, interested in what we wanted them to do and taking action. And so that was my, oh, my God, look at the power of metaphor. And so and that was, I suppose, using um, gardening as a metaphor for supplier management. And then landscaping your life came about because I realized that, Oh, so if I expand it to nature landscapes, then I can use it to apply to anybody's life. And so now, um, so the other week I had somebody there wandering around in their local landscape. I'm sitting in the office um, and we're having a conversation about the patterns in nature, helping them get back on track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, metaphors uh, always work because everybody can connect to them. Right. Well, so, yeah. And you get yeah. a visual when you say things like that, like right away, you're walking me through what it looks like. I'm a big SOP girl, a standard operating procedure girl, similar type of a thing. It's like, well, did we, you know, are we going through these steps? But by going through the steps, it's a little dry. So by giving it that picture, it makes it a lot easier because we learn from stories, right? Our Absolutely. best stories. So that landscaping, the metaphors definitely work. Um, so, so, you definitely use metaphors. You you kind of stumbled on it, but you brilliantly yeah. stumbled on it. Um, and so, why do you use nature in your work? Um, I think there's a number of reasons. Um, you know, I could come up with uh, because nature's good for us, which it is. Um, it's all around us, which it is. It's available twenty four seven, three six five, which it is. Um, however. And I suppose I use nature before I came up with this bit part of it. But there's an there's an element of we use nature when we're stuck in our language. So, you know, quite often any anybody listening when they're stuck might resonate with stuck in a rut. Um, uphill struggle, stuck between a rock and a hard place. Um, in the UK, and I know it doesn't always travel so well, we'd say can't see the wood for the trees. In some areas, um, it might be can't see the woods for the trees or can't see the forest for the trees. So that one. So we do sometimes have to think about, you know, the idiom we're using um, within our own locale, really. But what I realized was we're using we're using that idiom and that metaphor to describe our sense of stuckness. Because if we were to describe how stuck we felt, we'd be here forever. And and also, we'd sort of support the story we've got about why we're stuck. So if you said to me, so why, you know, tell me more about why you can't see the wood for the trees, but asked for the details of the situation, we could be here forever chatting about... Well, and also... It elevates the the events again. Yeah. So it brings it right back up. So it bubbles yeah. it back up. It's like, no, we're trying to simmer this pot down. Yeah. 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 And, and where you and quite often, like when we say can't see the wood for the trees, we're actually saying I can't see the wood for the trees. I'm stuck and I'm overwhelmed. So not only are we saying 
we, you know, we're actually saying we can't do anything. There is, there are no solutions. So what I then say is, well, hang on a minute. Let's just think about if we can do it in nature, if we can go out into the wood, great. And I have done it with you know leadership teams where we're out in the wood. But let's just imagine somebody resonates with can't seeing the forest or the wood for the trees. Okay, so what would you do if you were in that situation? If you were in that landscape, in those trees, in that forest, what would you do to see it? And suddenly you go from going, I can't see the wood for the trees, I don't know what to do, to saying, oh, I'd take a path out. I'd cut some of the trees, I'd climb a tree, I'd go to a higher ground to look at it. I'd get out of the wood. Um, and, and actually, you know, over the 20 years, you know, every every week I hear another solution. So can't see the wood for the trees. So it's never ending. And um, I've done it a few times in the podcast. And more latterly, I've sort of, you know, I'm just going to go out and notice what I notice. And I get excited because I go, oh, I hadn't thought of that before. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. It's like reading a book again or watching a movie again. Yeah. You watch it for yeah. the hundredth time and went, did she always have red shoes on? I never noticed that before. It's the little <laughs> yeah. details that you're going, huh? And you're also looking at it with a different set of eyes because you've had different experiences. So you might not notice it the first time because it wasn't you weren't ready for it. So now when you notice something new, you're like, huh, that's interesting. Now you have to ask your question, like, why am I noticing? Why does it look this yeah. way? Why am I asking this question this way to myself? It allows for expansion. So we're the, and I love your metaphors because they meet you wherever you are. So wherever oh, you are in your journey, yeah. they meet you. The hardest thing sometimes if I'm doing it in a group is that other people try to tell other people what their metaphor means. It's like, yes. no, 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 you might be able to see that pattern, but let's just allow that person to see the pattern that resonates for them. Yes. And yes, if they continue to be stuck, we can say, well, how, you know, I mean, I quite often will go, so what is this telling us? You know, I've noticed. Um, so somebody was at a crossroads, so we were going for a walk. I was with them rather than at the other end of the phone. Um, every crossroads they came to, um, we were in a botanical garden. So, so every crossroads did have um, like signposts. Yes. But every time we got to a crossroads, so I'm going, just let's notice the pattern about your decision making about which direction to go. And <laughs> literally, I mean, I don't, know, I really don't know how we managed to do it because every crossroads there was one direction that didn't have. A, um, a signpost telling you where you were going, and that was the that was the direction this person took. So every time we got to, they went for the path less travelled, the one where people hadn't gone, and it was huge insight for them that they'd been applying for the wrong jobs, they'd been asking for the wrong job because what they what they were brilliant at at work was going where other people hadn't been to bringing new business into the organisation. And they'd been applying for jobs that, you know, filled other people's shoes. And they're going, oh, and literally that was just so that was me observing that pattern because it was it was like <laughs> it was like a big um, flashing light, really, because it's that whole. Have you noticed that every crossroads you're doing this? Well, how is that? You know, how does that represent itself yeah. at work? And they went, oh, 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 yeah. 
Yes, yes. So those aha moments, which are beauteous for in our business, you know, yeah. those aha moments are those special, special moments and why you need somebody helping you, why you need an observer. I used to negotiate contracts. And when I negotiated contracts, I used to be the second person and I would be the observer to nice. tell because you can't speak and you can't be thinking and processing at the same time as observing. Those are things we can't do at the same time. Some people get really good at it and they could do a little bit of it at the same time. It's always good to have a second set of eyes, right? You've heard that expression. Yeah, um, yeah. I would sit in the second seat and then I moved into the first seat to do the negotiations. And I always had somebody looking as the observer who are seeing the body language and reading and interpreting things so that I have a different point of view. It's like, it's almost like having a bird's eye view and then the street view. If you were go to like a Google map, it shows you kind of different things and the different perspectives help you guide you along your way. So I love that you use the metaphor, but also they were physically seeing it and then applied it to what they were doing and taking that moment. I mean, you had paused to not work on that problem per se, but to look at it and go, huh, here's something you might want to take a look at. Here's something you might want to think about, right? And it's easier when it's because it's not in the context and therefore they're not trying to defend their current situation. They don't right. feel attacked there. I might be saying, how might this pattern be applicable? But I'm not noticing that pattern at work. I'm saying this is what I am observing in this walk. They can then go, oh, yeah, I do do that at work. And then that opens up the conversation to be able to say, so what's that about? How you might eat. shall we explore what that looks like in 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 the landscape again? Yeah. You know, let's let's do diff make diff different decisions. Yeah, and is that what someone could expect from your book, landscaping your life? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the landscape, and that's your on life. Amazon, right? Landscaping your life. Yes, yeah. Um, uh, sorry, the book is "Can't See the Wood for the Trees: Landscaping Your Life." So you'd still okay. be able to you'd still be able to find it if you use landscaping your life. Um, yeah, basically, the book is, if you're a coach, then the first half of the book's quite helpful because it gives you a bit more of the tech, you know, the sort of um, the process and the tools and techniques. If you're stuck, then I, sus I suspect that what you do is you go to the second half of the book and you just go, which of these um, sayings resonates with how I'm feeling? Yeah. Feeling like a um, fish out of water, going around in circles. And then each chapter has got a bit of a story explaining how I've done it with with a client. And then normally three or four different ways that you could then um, yeah, resolve it, either by in nature, in your head, drawing, um, lots of imagining, uh, changing it, not changing it. So there's lots of different ways to do it. So each chapter isn't the same, although there's a number of sort of, I suppose, repeating tools and techniques that get applied to the different situations. But, you know, we learn from repetition. So the repeating tools are important because they apply in different ways. So you're taking the same tool and applying it a, a lot of different ways. So that's that's really cool. How can we use, and, and I know languaging is really important and, and our nonverbal is superiorly stronger than our verbal, but how can we use language to find solutions? I think this comes back to the noticing and it is about the conscious noticing of noticing the impact words are having when we're saying them so um so i had so for instance i had one client where they were and i, and I can't quite now remember the way around but, but i don't suppose it matters so they were looking for answers 
and they weren't finding them and they were getting really frustrated you know you need to help me find the answers and actually the words looking and answers were the what was stopping them finding them so as soon as i mean we you could change with the verb but let's just assume that we're looking for solutions or looking for options or alternatives or different perspectives it's it, having a conversation about which of those words calms you down and opens your mind up to seeing those options because we it's as if we believe in the lack of options because we can't see them forgetting yeah. it's our language that's stopping us you know yeah. it's like was it i saw something on linkedin the other day and it said um, how would you help people um, achieve their deadlines? I said, I said, stop using the word. If there, if there was ever a word that is going to instill um, stress that's going to stop us access, accessing our brain, deadlines is it. Yeah. 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 It's so funny you said that. I was speaking to a colleague of mine this morning and, you know, we work at this time of year, we're working on goal setting and, and, and doing all things like that. And then we change it. We turn them into affirmation. I'm so happy and, and, um, um, so happy and excited that blah, blah, blah. Right. And she goes, every time it's oh happy and grateful, I'm sorry. I'm so happy and grateful, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and she said, every time I did the affirmation said happy and grateful, my imposter syndrome would show up because those words happy and grateful were not resonating. So we changed it around and said, okay, so why not ask why we're so good at achieving blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. And that by changing that, it set our our brains to tell us, well, this is why, and this is why, and this is why, and this is why. So it just shifted that affirmation to remaining an affirmation, but by shifting your languaging, it changed the direction of how our brains work. We kind of like stop ourselves. And I, you know, that imposter syndrome thing, I, I came up with this thing with imposter syndrome. I gave my imposter a name. And now I put, I put Lara in the corner. So she just goes to the corner. I'm like, I'm not having you today. And I put her in the corner, but before it, it wasn't a thing. Now it's, it's something. And so now I have more control over it just by naming nice. it. So, yeah, yeah. so imposter syndrome doesn't bother me. So I can say happy and grateful and whatever. It doesn't, it doesn't affect me that way because if she comes out, I send her to the corner. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, so I love how you do that and you switch that around with languaging. Um, and how can you help our listeners see the wood for the trees? We say wood through the trees, but wood for the trees. Um, well, it's funny, isn't it? Because whenever somebody asks me that question, it's like I sit with it. What's, what's going to come in now? Not what do I say every time? Yeah. And where my head's gone this time is to draw the wood. So if you can't see the woods for the trees or however, you know, draw, draw the woods or the, the trees that represent the situation. Yeah. Draw yeah. it, draw it, draw it on a piece of paper. Notice that, you know, how, how many trees there are. Notice how many branches. Notice whether you can see the sky. Notice how um, far apart the trees are. So it's, and it's not about getting, um, you know, the, the critique critic out and say oh that's not a tree you know it's it's drawing it so that you can see it and go yeah that picture represents how i do it and then make changes to it and i mean it sounds it sounds so simplistic and yet 
you know, you are originally starting off drawing a picture that represents the stuck situation. By making changes to that picture, you are changing your internal representation about the situation. Yeah, you're rewiring your brain because, yeah. you know, there's a portion of our brain, and I don't want to get into details because that'll take too long. There's a portion of our brain that keeps us protected. So it goes, wait, whoa, hold on, stop. And and that gets in our way. So we need to rewire our brains to work around it. So I love that by drawing it out, you can make the picture look different and say, okay, looking at it the way it is, how, what can I do to change the yeah, way it yeah. is? And while you're doing that, your brain is solving the problem. Yeah. So we're looking at the what, not the how, similar to goal setting. We look yeah. at the what you want to do, not the how. Don't talk about the how when we're goal setting. It's the what. Our brains will figure out the how. The how will come. That All that stuff, but don't self-sabotage, right, by yeah, putting yeah. limitations on. That's what you're, you're looking at. I right? am indeed saying that, yeah. Absolutely. You're listening to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. We are here with Allison Smith. Unbelievable. Love this. I can't wait to continue the second segment. We're going to take a short break. We will be right back. Welcome back to Healthy Lifestyle with Lorianne. I am Coach Lorianne. And if you would like to be a guest or lift up your business, product or not-for-profit, or if you have a question or comment, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. Healthylifestylewitha at gmail.com. And you're listening to us through the great JVC Broadcasting and iHeartRadio. And I'm so excited to be here again with Allison Smith. She is giving us so much yummy, yummy goodness that I want to just dive right back in and talk to you um, about what, what you're doing, um, with your clients. Um, uh, here's my question for you is, and that's my pop deciding to be very vocal. Um, here's my question to you. How can you help my audience stop going around and around like groundhogs day in circles and to actually turn a corner, get unstuck and, and put the stick down that, that we're beating oh, ourselves oh, oh, oh. Sorry, I'm just writing those down. Right, so, um, the circling, I would encourage anybody listening now not to think, oh, yes, I'll do that later, to actually just press hop, pause and go, well, press pause after I've said go and get a piece of paper and a pen. Yes. And, um, but then remember to come back, obviously. Um, and then to think about the situation that they feel like they're going around in circles about. And then once they've got that, situation in mind put that to the back of their mind i'm not asking them to think about it anymore but they just need to understand that that's the situation they're wanting resolved and then i want you to if you're following it is to draw the circle that represents and to just notice what you notice about the circling so it might be that you're going clockwise it might be you're going quickly it might be a small circle it might be a large circle um, and then, and you can do this um, not by drawing it, you can do it walking it, but um, I'll, I'll do the instructions assuming you're drawing it. And then the idea is to make changes to that circling. So it might be to change direction, it might be to go quicker, it might be to go uh, bigger or smaller, it might be to try and break free, it might be uh, to go round in triangles, it might be to go round in squares, it's really all about making changes and it never fails to amaze me about at some point you will make a change 
and you will no longer be able to go around in a circle. It's something in the brain just goes, ah, and then and then it's the, oh, my God, this is what I've been doing. I shouldn't be doing that or whatever. No. So then logic will sort of make itself known and go, oh, this is what you need to do differently. So it's about and it could be um, for some people that they need to um, use a different color pen. Um, one person, when they did it, turned around to me and said, huh, my circling has been like I've been going around the moon. And I just need to break free of the moon's gravity and get back to Earth. And they drew, and they drew. And so, so I, I have got a picture of this gorgeous um, that they sent me um, of the moon, and then the circling to get back to Earth. And it just felt, oh yeah, I just needed enough momentum, and it's the momentum to break free, etc. Yes, so, yes, yes. It's about awareness, right? It start yeah. everything starts with awareness. We have to be aware. So by doing these exercises, it really br bubbles it up, and you're like, huh, you're taking notice, but you're not focusing on what it is, you know, or and how to fix it. You're just being becoming aware. You're being yeah. With it. The the t corner turning is just beautiful. And yet every time I do it, I'm always worried that is this the time it's not going to work, but it always works, is to, and this is when you need to go out into nature somewhere and turn a corner and just notice what you notice before the corner, as you turn the corner and when you get around the corner. And something at some point, it's either, oh, I've left what was I was worrying about behind because I can no longer see it. Sometimes it's about, oh, I, yeah, I do need to turn a corner and I'm trying to be able to see round the corner and I can't, can't, I mean, corners can't be seen, seen around, you know. Right. So I'm trying to do something that's impossible. Therefore, yeah, I do need to make steps around the corner, then I can see around it. And so, kind of you talk to yourself about that too. It's like, well, no, you can't see around the corner. So yeah. you have to turn the corner. Yeah. You have to make that change, take that yeah. step, take that action. I'm a take action success coach and strategist. You had to take that action to turn the corner and then you're going to see what's in front of you. Yeah. And it, and I think I think what happens, and as we said right at the beginning, really, is that people will see the patterns in nature that resonate. So quite often what I've found when I've turned a corner is the sun comes out or the path is really clear ahead or there's something that enables somebody to go, why am I waiting? Yeah. This is beautiful around here. And I am worrying around that I'm around the corner worrying about this, you know, this straight path that's really clear and I know where I want to get to. Yeah. Um, and then you did ask about putting the stick down we beat ourselves up with. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, it's such a great technique. I uh, During COVID, um, I went for a walk with the, neighbor, the little boy next door. And um, so he's he's there. He was my videographer while I'm going, right, I'm going to pick sticks up and I'm going to put them down. And, um, and it's one of those things where, yeah, OK, if I'm beating myself up with a stick, I'll pick some sticks up put them down and I'll throw them away. And what I realized was, oh, there's more than one stick. Sure. And then the more I've done it and, and the um, podcast, which is Landscaping Your Life with Alison Smith podcast, there is a hilarious, I think, episode putting the sticks down because it's that revelation for me that I was at the top of a hill and there were no sticks. 
But metaphorically, boy, did I have a stick I could beat myself up with. And it's like, oh, my God, we we go around life picking up sticks, putting it in a, you know, like on a backpack. Like a quiver. Yeah. Yeah. In, in order to be able to beat ourselves up at some point in the future. What? I mean, that's nonsense. Oh, yes, there's a brilliant stick for me to beat myself up because I know that in two days' time I'm going to need it. And so it's a real fun one about the (laughs) – it's not the stupidity because we all do it, but there's a, oh, my God, really? Yeah. And so that's really quite fun. And so I would encourage people to go out, pick up the sticks. So there might little sticks, big sticks. Imagine what you might, you know, pack you might be putting them in and then go, you know what? I'm going to envisage taking the pack off. I'm going to envisage cutting the whole, you know, the handles of the stick of the bag or um, I'm going to burn the stick. So a friend actually took some sticks home and put them in the fire when they got home. Yeah, I love that. And if they do it on a full moon too, it's 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 extra. Yeah. It's actually, you know, so much more uh vibrational to be able to do something like that. But I love that. Put the sticks down, put them down. So yeah. don't um, pick them up. Don't pick them up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, don't pick them up. You're right. Yeah. Leave them on the ground. They're fine there. Yeah. Oh, look, there's that stick I would have picked up in the past. But you know what? I'm gonna leave you there. <laughs> right. That's right. We need to talk nicely to ourselves. And I always say that, you know. Would you say to other people, would you say to a little child what you say to yourself sometimes? And if the answer is no, don't say it to yourself. Yeah, nice. No one should say that. No, I used to be the harshest. No one could say anything harder, harsher to me than I said to myself. And then I was like, why am I speaking so not nice to myself? So um, I stopped doing that. And um, it changes. It changes your vibration, your perspective, your lens, your vision. It's just it just changes everything. And And speaking about changing, I love journaling. Um, and and your other book that you have is the prescription for well-being journal. Uh, you know, it's a journal that you have. Um, shameless plug. I want you to show it for the people who are watching, for the people who are listening. <laughs> it's called the prescription for well-being journaling. Beautiful, nice job. Um, so I, I, let's talk about this because I find it. I never used to journal. I was like, I don't want to journal. I don't want to write it down. I don't like that. I don't want people to find it. I don't want blah, blah, blah. I was giving myself all these excuses for not doing it. And when I started doing it, it was so freeing. What was even more interesting is when I went back to my writing, I was really taken back. I was like, wow, I'm a little smart. Um, I was pretty inspired with my observations that I was making at the time. It was so full of emotion that I didn't really see what it was really saying. So by going back and rereading it, I wasn't revisiting it to hash it. I just wanted to see what it was like maybe a month ago, a year ago, whatever, and then see where I am today to really be able to look back and celebrate my growth and to celebrate where I was at the time and now look at where I am today. So let's talk about this journal. The the journal is, it, it became about, I suppose, during menopause for me because, you know, I was constantly overwhelmed anxious you name it and there were certain things that I certain (laughs) certain activities that I knew worked for me but I would forget them so I'd be there I'd be in that circle again going you know get you know waking up at three in the morning having a panic attack and forgetting what worked to get me out of it so the prescription came about as you know I did a video blog once for a minute as I did the plank because a plank is just 
oh my God, will get me out of most moods, really. Yes. And so, and I called it a prescription. It's like, oh yeah, well, we just need to write a prescription. And so I was doing a workshop for a team and um, ended up having to do this prescription template for them and realized, oh, well, doesn't this be great that if we get it in a journal and people can then write a prescription for, oh, what, what helps me when I can't sleep? What helps me when I um, want to be more confident? What happens when I want to be, when I'm having those panic attacks? So, or when I want to be more focused. And so what I've ended up with is a prescription template that asks you for your symptoms. It does also ask you about the sayings, which taps into the other book, I suppose, the Can't See the Wood for the Trees, which you could then solve the problem like using that. But then it's just like, write a list of things that help. So it could be doing the plank, it could be going for a walk, it could be ringing Amy or whoever. The other thing in the prescription is, what am I, and I'm so good at this, what am I doing that I know is not helping? Yes. You know, so. Um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. So when I can't sleep and I'm getting anxious, <laughs> I just laugh because I just know. It's that like I've been watching too many doom-laden movies with guns and shooting and death and end of the world because uh, I get I get really get hooked into watching them but I sort of know that it's a know, trigger what? I'm headed I'm headed for that yeah you know, sleepless nights so it's things like you know oh yes I'm doing too much of that or oh when did you because I live on my own and work on my own quite a bit it's that whole, you know, when did you last speak to somebody that wasn't anything to do with work? Uh, oh, yes. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, when did I last see the kidlets next door, you know? Yeah. Um, that's so funny that you say that because I also say to myself, oh, that's not helpful. And I oh, laugh, yeah. and I spend a lot of time laughing at myself yeah. because I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm doing a Lorianne again. You know, yeah. I'm I'm just putting myself in a position that I don't really need to do. And why am I doing this? I don't know, but stop it. So, so I just I, and I shift. And that's the coolest yeah. thing. So I think the thing is, is that what the journal does is enable you to actually write that down. A, I suspect from a neuroscience point of view, writing it down will help you remember. Yes. But the other thing is you've then got a reference book you can go back to and say, right, where, what's my, because there's an index at the beginning that you can add to. And there are some suggestions and there's a bit of my poetry as well. But on the whole, the aim is you write your prescription, you've got it then to refer to, to say, oh, oh, yeah. That's a really quick way for me to shift into that, you know, be more focused. Or yeah, that's a really that's a great tip for for when you're stuck. Is that your top tip for when you're stuck? Is to use the journal? I see. I would go to language, but I think that's the journal. The journal would be easier for other people. I'm really well, good. That's at easy it. to implement. That's a good starting place. I think. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I think because actually thinking about it. Um, there is a part of the prescription that says what idioms are you using and what words are you using? You might then be able to go, oh, that's interesting. I'm always using particular sayings. And then that would enable you to sort of go off and go, oh, OK, more metaphorical. How can I solve it and stop doing it using metaphor? Yeah, yeah. And, and I do say often to clients, languaging matters. 
You know, so when people yeah. are talking, I'm like, languaging matters. So do we want to rethink that? You know, do we want to revisit that? How how can we say it in a different way that we'd be more empowering and less diminishing? You know, so languaging really, really makes a difference. And I find too, when you start writing, you notice your patterns. And that's something that I love about journaling too, is you can notice your pa patterns, but totally brilliant about writing a prescription. I'm so going to do that because I get that 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, why am I awake? You know, and this is not helpful and I have to get up in three hours. So I need to go back to sleep and uh, writing a prescription is a good idea. It's like, okay, what will get me back? Because once you find it, like you, I'm like, what was it again that I did? Yeah. You know, and so, and having multiple things to go to, because it does, one thing doesn't always work every single time, right? So you have multiple. I, I love it. I love it. Tell me about what's next for landscaping your life. I read, I read a book before Christmas and it was a fiction book. And it just said, the character in the book said, I've always wanted to write. And then the character finished the sentence, but I went, <laughs> I finished the sentence myself and when I've always wanted to write a fiction book. <gasps> so so I've started writing the fiction book and it's about, it is metaphorical, it's about a wood that can't see itself for the trees. So it's all about a sense of community being lost. So the, the wood forest is a community and it loses its sense of community because it loses its sort of the centre. Yeah. And it's how does it get its centre back? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited. Do we have an ETA for when that's coming out? <laughs> no. We'll come back on the show. I want you back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. we can promote it. There's another observation I, I've made, and I was like, I love it. Because it's it's like I'm very um, organized, and I love that I color code everything. And I notice the books on the bookshelf behind you are color coded. You have like the yellows together and the pinks together and the blues together and the greens together. Did you do that with purpose and why? Um, oh, brilliant question. Uh, it was during lockdown, so I did have time because <laughs> I can tell you it takes a while to find books that are just all green or all purple. The other thing is, is my logo is this. So here is the sky and it's and it's like landscape. So this is the sky landscape. This is the mountain landscape. This is the um, wood. Then we've got a bit further down, we've got uh, the, the river and then we've got earth. Oh, so, my goodness. So, yes, and the books go in order of size because then we've got – it does re reflect the logo. So um, – but I can't find a single book that's on there. So – because everywhere else my books are by genre on the whole. Here it's a, it's it's by colour. And do you remember what colour your books are? No. Yeah. So when I can't find a book, it's, oh, I wonder whether it's on this one and then I have to search for it. Well, that's that's not helpful, but it gives you another project to do, so it keeps your mind yeah, busy. Yeah. That might be one of the prescriptions when you can't sleep is to look. Hey, for cool, work. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that can't find the book. Oh, this book that you always look for. I mean, I suppose there are some key books where I absolutely know where to go to, but. Um, no, it was really interesting. So I was I was looking at it going, and that's very interest, intriguing for me. So I had to point that out. But I, I really love that. Last thoughts for our listeners. Um, if, if you gave them one piece of best advice, what would that be? Other than buying your two books and listening to your podcast. Um, be a bit more patient because uh, nature is patient. It's like we don't 
plant a seed and expect it to appear and prod it and unroot it and go, are you there when he, you know, what? And get and get angry with the seed for not, you know, actually a seed is only going to grow if we nurture it, if we make sure it's got the right conditions, but it isn't going to do it overnight. Yeah. And, and there's so much in terms of uh, the seasons, in terms of day and night, uh, the tide, I, I live near the sea, so the tide, um, the growing. So there's all sorts of patterns in nature that are about patience and perfect timing. And I think humans try and rush it through and then, or, or, or sometimes, and I know, I know not all parts of the world have got four seasons, but a lot of them have. And it's as if we quite often go, oh, I've got to go from winter to autumn and miss out spring and summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned patience because in the last six months I've been taught patience because I'm I'm working on a project and I wanted it done already. In my mind, it was done in July, you know, and I'm still waiting. And and so I've had to learn patience. But what I learned by being patient is I learned other things along the way that I would not have been able to see had I had it been complete when I had wanted it complete. So the process, so it reminds me, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. We'll get there. And then you're going to have another journey. So you really want to enjoy that and have the patience. And like you said, we have to nurture it. And that's what I was missing. The nurturing of it, the, the listening, the stopping, the taking the pause and absorbing it in like, like the seed would absorb the, the water and the food that you're giving it. So, so we need to go through life that way. Oh my gosh, Allison, you are amazing. What's your website? Well, just look for landscaping your life everywhere and you'll find me. Um, is the easiest way. Landscaping Your Life Everywhere by Alison Smith. You find her books on Amazon. Um, go for her podcast. You definitely want to seek out the one that says putting the sticks down. Apparently it's hilarious. I'm going to let you know. Um, and I'll have all her information with this episode as well. Thank you all for being here. Alison, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. And thank you all for joining us today on Healthy Lifestyle with Coach Lori Ann. I hope we have earned the privilege of your time. Look for our show next Saturday at 3 p.m. We can be found on all major platforms. And we would be so grateful if you please like, follow, and share, and subscribe. Until next time, I am Coach Lori Ann. Play a higher role, serve a higher purpose, show up for you, and show up big. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you again, Allison. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.